now a choice of listening. On VHF, we have another in our series of cultural exchanges with BBC Radio 4. Listeners on medium wave can hear the same thing, but with an altogether more muffled sound and a lot of sibilant S's. <laughs> While listeners on shortwave can hear a great deal of interference with bits of Morse code and the occasional police message. <laughs> Here on long wave, there's an unexpected Dutch station cutting in. <laughs> but now... Hello, Sir Norman Tonsil here. Uh, today is yet another historic milestone for Radioactive. For the very first time, we will be providing live coverage from the Wimbledon Tennis Tournament. And I'm delighted to say that after months of tricky financial discussions and numerous delicate brandies and cigars, I have secured the exclusive rights to coverage from the historic Court 19. And what a, what a story Court 19 could tell, what matches it must have seen. Uh, sadly, very few, whereas up until last year it was a car park. <laughs> Yes, indeed, and welcome to Court 19, the court where so many famous players have come and parked their cars over the years. <laughs> well, uh, I'm delighted to have been joined by the doyen of commentators, the man they call Mr Wimbledon, Dan Wimbledon. <laughs> well, Mike, uh, let me say how pleased I am to be here on Court 19. You know, some people are grass court specialists and some people are better on clay. But Court 19 really requires a genuine all-court player because it's got both. <laughs> Thank you very much, Dan. We'll be hearing from him later. And also with us, his self-styled friend to all the stars, perhaps the most famous brown noser around, Gerald Brown Noser. <laughs> Like only yesterday I was chatting to John McEnroe in his hotel and Johnny suddenly turned around to me and he said, Who the hell are you? <laughs> He's a one. <laughs> As are you. Thank you, Jerry. <laughs> and we've just heard that Fleming and McEnroe have gone through. So with the aid of our computer, we can instantly see that in the next round they'll be meeting... Virginia Wade and Tracy Austin. <laughs> Obviously some slight mix-up with the computer there. As it has already indicated that Wade and Austin were beaten in the last round by Selena Scott and a couple of scatter cushions. <laughs> well, uh, let's take the opportunity of hearing some play that we recorded earlier in the week. It's Pat Cash versus Lin Chowhoi. The commentator is Dan Wimbledon. The umpire is retired Colonel Bridlington Smythe. Quiet, please. Well, you join us just as. Can you be uh, quiet, please? <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Love. What? You're kidding! The ball was out! As linesman on this court, you are paid to abide by my decision. The ball was in. 15 love. Race on the first serve then. Shut I mean... up! <laughs> Sorry. Second serve. The ball was good. Please. And Cash, not at all happy Shut about up. that, and I must say... 30, love. Sorry. <laughs> oh, would the spectators please refrain from touching the players as they're about to serve? Thank you. 
play. <laughs> Game to the little chinky fellow. Wimbledon special. The exciting news is that in the last few seconds, the covers have come off and gone on again. Uh, well, I've often wondered if rain makes it particularly difficult for players with glasses, and one person who can perhaps tell me is Colin Turnbull. Colin. Well, it's, it's a little bit of a problem having to wipe them every few minutes. Mm, particularly for you, yes. Yes, particularly for me, as, a, as I only have the one arm. Mm. <laughs> yes, uh, it must make it very difficult for you only having a right arm. Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Particularly as I'm uh, left-handed. Yes. <laughs> but, of course, you, uh, you make up for that, don't you, by your speed? Oh, yes, well, Mike, it has been said that I am the fastest player around the courts on one leg. Yes. <laughs> Quite a speciality of the hop shot. Oh, that's right, yes, yes. Hop shot, yes. Well, uh, Colin, uh, thanks to you for wheeling yourself along here to Court 19. Okay. And our warmest congratulations to you on becoming the new British number one. <laughs> well, there's a slight pause while we wait for the covers to come on again, so let me ask uh, Dan, uh, do you expect there to be any British interest in this year's Wimbledon finals? Yes, indeed, Mike. Most of the commentators will be British tennis players who are knocked out in the first round. <laughs> Well, let's, uh, let's now turn to court two and the third round match between Mats Volander and Guillermo Vilas. Now, they've met each other over 30 times now, so let's see on the basis of those previous matches who the computer tips to win. Dan. And the computer says Hitler will invade Poland. <laughs> so there you are. The computer's prediction for the match between Volander and Vilas is that Hitler will invade Poland. About as much use as John Lloyd, really, isn't it? Uh, so, uh, if you just joined us, there's no play on Court 19 at the moment, but I gather that things are delicately poised at the minute on Centre Court, and I'm delighted to say that we can go over to Nigel Pry, himself delicately poised on top of the roof. Uh, this is Nigel Pry, high above Centre Court, very high, very, very high, far too, making Nigel feel sick, high. Now, I can see far below me, oh, God, look down, Nigel, ooh, crazy tum tum. Yes, through my binoculars, I can see a huge pair of knickers, ooh, sorry. <laughs> Up a bit. That's Macris, naughty peeping Nigel. Ah, clever Nigel. Let's send the court way, way down there. A hundred old oh feet below. And breakfast coming up all, all over Nigel's new trousers. And let's send the court. What, what's he? Oop, drop microphone. Right on the edge of the roof, reaching out, dead look down, reaching hand and got microphone. But now, woo! there's been a lot of dissatisfaction with the arrangements here this year. Uh, Gerald, as someone who knows the players very well, is that true? <laughs> well, Mike, only yesterday I came across Evan and Jimmy. Connors, yeah. Yeah, muttering together in a corner, obviously very unhappy about something. Mm, what were they saying? Uh, who's this Jerry creep who follows us around? <laughs> I see. Let's go over to Mike Channel. Well, I uh, have with me Susie Sims, one of the luckiest girls at Wimbledon today. Uh, one of the escorts, chosen from thousands of applicants, the escorts. Uh, they look after the stars of the game. Susie, tell me, uh, what do escorts actually do? Well, we just uh, generally look after the stars. Well, we're guides, really. Mm -hmm. We show them round, watch their equipment, entertain them. We're employed to be friends, really. If they want to see London or go for a meal, then we're there to assist. And if, at the end of the day, they want to ball us senseless, then that's fine. Any <laughs> position behind, on top, side. Uh, yes, sir. That's too much trouble. And if it's rubber they like, OK, then we like rubber. And the uh, Yes. Well, uh, we seem to have a few minutes to spare while they try and recover the net from inside the covers. Uh, so, Dan, perhaps you'd like to tell us what you think would be the dream match of all time. 
<clears throat> well, Mike, I think it has to be uh, Fred Perry against John McEnroe. Mm -hmm. That's a contest that would be really fascinating to see. And who do you think would win? Well, you'd have to go for McEnroe. Uh -huh. After all, he's 24 and Perry's 73. <laughs> Can't really see him troubling McEnroe much. No, indeed. Well, uh, while we wait for the new net to come out, uh, we can play you an archive recording of the days before McEnroe, when players were perhaps a good deal better behaved than they are today. Pardon my intrusion, Mr. Umpire, sir. Yes, Mr. Budge? I do believe I, in fact, hit the ball some way along. I would mildly suggest a reversal of your decision in favour of my friend and, for today, opponent, Mr. Penny. Uh, Mr. Umpire, sir? Yes, Mr. Penny? Far be it from me, sir, to appear churlish in the light of the kind and generous offer of my esteemed friend, Mr. Budge, but I would hesitate to be involved in any questioning of your own undoubted judgment and wisdom, and would so rather leave the point with my friend, Mr. Budge. Mr. Umpire, sir? Yes, Mr. Budge? Uh, the quality of mercy is not strained. It droppeth like the gentle rain from heaven onto the earth beneath. Sir, have mercy on my most fond friend, Mr. Penny. Sir, I am unworthy of the warmth and eloquence of my kind, known, and let me say, beloved friend, Mr. Budge. Mr. Penny, Mr. Budge, approach the chair. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I now pronounce you man and wife. When we're done, Well, also joining us here at Wimbledon is uh, Radioactive's newest DJ, who I believe is penciled in to take over my only remaining show. Uh, joining us on free transfer from Radio Kvam is Oivint Vinstra. Hello, Mike. Hello. Uh, how are you enjoying it here at Wimbledon? Oh, very much, Mike, yes. Not missing Norway at all? Uh, well, yes, I miss the uh, fjords and the gurt, uh, where I hard abide the poor octa yore, yasehu. Yes, so... Yeah, I had a snake in Norsk, and I had a hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Super, well, uh, I'm sure you'll be a uh, thundering success on my old show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just naked in all school, so poor hurry, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I think it's time to return to the tennis action. And on with the music. And now, a world exclusive on Radioactive, because last year's Wimbledon champion, John McEnroe, has agreed to give an exclusive interview on Radioactive. So here now, live in our studio with Wimbledon champion, John McEnroe, is Martin Brown. Oh, my goodness, why? Martin Brown, celebrity interview. Um, yes, well, um... <laughs> It's very proud now to be speaking. Um, well, it's be able to speak, uh, Mr. John Mac McEnroe. Uh, welcome, John. Uh, Miss McEnroe. Thank you. Yes, thank you. So tell me, uh, John, Mr. McEnroe, when, 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 when did it all start then? When did all what start? Yes, when, when did all what start? I see, yes. It's certainly um, very, very interesting. So, John, uh, you, what, what, what now? <laughs> what now? What? No, absolutely right. Yes, ten out of ten. I can, I can tell you've, um, uh, so, so, John, how do, how do, where, where is it? <laughs> what? Well, what? What is it then? Yes, okay. Um, what is what? Well, what is what? Yes. Um, I, I think, I think that's what we'd all like to know now, I think. Well, I haven't understood a word you've said so far. I really don't um, see any point in continuing this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that it now? Is this usually what happens in your interviews? Um, well, they usually hit me. <laughs> oh! Well, thank you very much. Lips, an English country garden. The honeybee flies in search of pollen and lands on a rhododendron. Oh dear, hay fever. For you, it's an irritation. For bees, it's life and death. Thank goodness I've got a syringe full of auntie's knees. Here, little fella, have a shot of this. There, now buzz off and enjoy yourself. Auntie sneeze. It works for bees, it can work for you. Hi, I'm John Newcomb. I've won a few tournaments in my time. But whenever I practice, I always use snazzinger balls. The combination's unbeatable. Use snazzinger... You're not supposed to return them, you bastard! Anyway, here at Court 19, I am delighted to say it's no longer raining, but we are, unfortunately, in six inches of snow. Well, the Wimbledon tournament's always a centre for glamorous personalities, and I must say everyone's been upstaged today by our special guest in a delightfully colourful designer dress with the flowing locks. Who other than by George? <laughs> and, of course, uh, he's almost as rarely out of our newspapers these days as he is in the charts. But anyway, let's hear the very latest, and who knows, hopefully, the very last single from Couture Club. You tell me your love is deep as the ocean I tell you my heart is full of devotion oh, I cover you with sweetest emotion you cover me with the Ladies and you use the 
Well, the news just come up on our computer screen shows us that John Lloyd is in trouble against... In fact, he's been beaten by a lump of plasticine. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, uh, there must be another mistake on the computer. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I've just heard it is in fact true. Uh, And indeed it is, because the snow seems to have eased a little. And the sun's coming out, so while all the officials here are busy ice skating, uh, let's take uh, a look at a game played earlier in this week, which uh, included Wimbledon's first and indeed only experiment with an electronic eye in place of the usual line court judge. Out. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it was in. My mistake, the ball was in. Clear lit. Sorry about that. Not at all. Play a lit. Out. Uh, just a minute, just a minute. He hasn't served yet. Oh, I'm sorry. I was getting a little eager, sorry. That's all right. I'm new to this, you know. It's my first game. All I know is that I'm supposed to go out. Nobody told me when I was supposed to go out. Uh, you call out when the ball's out, OK? Uh, just like a normal linesman. Oh, I'm just like a normal linesman? Yes. Oh, all right. <laughs> Well, welcome back to Court 19, and what a delightful day it's turned out to be. People have stripped off, temperatures have suddenly risen up to the 70s, and I think they're ready to start. Play! Oh, dear, dear. Well, never mind, because it gives us uh, another chance to hear the radioactive repertory company's highly abused and critically panned production of Noel Coward's Anyone for Tennis. Anyone for tennis, or would like a game. It doesn't matter if you're a wizard or a menace. <laughs> we will not play. Yes, we'll all be very merry, happy, bright and cheery, happy, bright and cheery. <laughs> what simply spitting fun, sitting in the sun while the tennis games are played. Well, the tennis games are won <laughs> on a lovely day in August. What a lovely time to August. Oh, on a lovely August day. What a lovely time to play And enjoy cucumber sandwiches on the patio With boys and girls in equal ratio <laughs> Yes, anyone for tennis Anyone care for the game of tennis Not me, I'm absolutely faggot. <laughs> Fagged out. I say, coming across the lawn in the white dress, isn't that Cecil, yeah? I isn't that Cecilia? <laughs> so it is. Hello, old girl. Tea? Lovely. We've got toast. It. 
tea, cakes. We've got toasted tea cakes. Well, I'm afraid I was so bad, I broke wind. Ow! <laughs> I broke a window. Oh, dear. Two cakes. Thank you. Bread. Thank you. Butter. What brings you here? <laughs> but, uh, what brings you... <laughs> What is it? I regret to say that your Aunt Claire has passed away, thank God. She was in no pain. <laughs> thank God she was in no pain. Well, I'm sorry you're too late to see this. Will you stay for supper? What is it? Soup. Oh, soup! Cecilia, why don't you and Beach make up a four what? They make up a four what? Because I didn't have a racket. Well, now you can use our class. <laughs> that was anyone for tennis. Yes, anyone for tennis. Hey, that was the name of the drama. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here at Court 19, our computer is just printing another result. And yes, Helena Sokova has evidently just beaten Nottingham Forest with a last-minute penalty. <laughs> now, let's just see what Mike Channel's up to. Well, uh, I'm up to my knees in mud, Mike, in the middle of the Wimbledon buffet tent, the marquee where all the stars eat, of course, and where there's a splendid array of dishes. And Mrs Beardsley, you're the chief caterer here. Maybe you could describe one or two of them for us. Hmm. Well, over here, for starters, there's a tureen of lentil soup. Lendl soup. Yes, that's taking the surname of Ivan Lendl and substituting it for the word lentil, which is a popular type of soup. Well, many thanks for that explanation. I'm sure our <laughs> listeners will be very grateful to be informed exactly where the double entendre lay. Uh, what else do you have? Uh, well, we've got uh, macaroni cheese. <laughs> macaroni cheese? Yes, that's the name macaroni juxtaposed... Yes, yes I think we can hazard a guess at how that one was arrived at. Uh, what's this one here? Ah, that's Bjorn Bourguignon. Beyond bourguignon? That's supposed to be beef bourguignon, is it? Oh, no, no, no. Born bourguignon, tenderest slices of Beyond Borg, cooked in a masala sauce and served with a side salad or John Lloyd. John Lloyd? That's not the name of a dish. Uh, no, but it's the name of a vegetable. Ah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Gerald, um, as far as I can see, in all honesty, you don't actually know any tennis players, do you? Oh, certainly, yes. Only the other day, one of the top players said to me, You know, Jerry, darling, you're the only real friend I have on the circuit. Mm, who was it? John Lloyd. 
Well, uh, our broadcast in Wimbledon nearly is an end, but uh, first, here at Court 19, I am delighted to say we finally got a match, and it's a very important men's singles between Ivan Lendl and Jimmy Connors. And we go over to Dan Wimbledon, who is in the commentary box with Martin Brown. Thank you, Mark. Well, as you can imagine, Court 19 is absolutely packed with spectators, a capacity crowd, excited and expectant, I dare say, at this clash of giants. Uh, Connors serves. Well, Lendl returns with a scorching cross-court volley. Connors, Lendl... Connor sprints into volley. <coughs> sprints into volley. A ball hanging in the air. <coughs> hanging here a rather long time, in fact. <laughs> oh, and there's the volley at last. Lendl now retreats to the back of the court in a desperate race to reach the ball. Hopeless task. He'll never reach... Well, my word, quite miraculous. I don't, I don't know how Lendl managed that. Connor has returned it. Well, it's an easy shot for Lendl. He seems to be making rather a meal of it. Oh, he's missed it. Oh, no, he hasn't. <laughs> well, the, the winner there from Lendl, so at Love 15, Lendl has won the, the first point of the game and um, apparently hits two balls to celebrate. <laughs> now, uh, now it's Connors to celebrate. Connors, Lendl, no, oh, um, I did not. Martin, Martin, shut up, Martin. It's not working. It just sounds bad. Well, I thought it was rather good. No. Yes, that sounds rather better. Radioactive was performed by Helen Atkinson Wood, Angus Deaton, Jeffrey Perkins, Philip Pope and Michael Fenton Stevens. The song was by Philip Pope and Angus Deaton and the programme was written by Angus Deaton and Jeffrey Perkins with additional material from John Cantor, John Doherty, Maury Hunter and Jeremy Pascal and produced by Jamie Ricks. Here's a message from the Central Office of Information. The Central Office of Information reminds you that vegetables provide 75% of all your nutritional requirements. Research has shown that vegetables are essential to health. So remember to eat up all your greens or you'll never have lovely curly hair and you won't grow up to be big and strong just like mummy and daddy. Don't pull faces like that when you see spinach on your plate. You know what happens to people who don't eat up all their spinach, don't you? They get sent straight to bed with a smacked body, so eat it all up. So remember, green veggie are not only good for you, they can be absolutely scrummy. Mmm, yummy. <clears throat> that was a message from the Central Office of Information.